Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back. One second, I gotta grab something. Just making a list here. Alright, I'm ready to go. It's been a while since I posted an episode, unfortunately. Um, I moved home, so now it's very hard to do things. <laughs> um, just logistically. I don't think you can hear it because hopefully I took it out as I edited this, but there's like a humming noise in the background because we have an ice maker now, like separate from, oh, it just turned on brand some water. Separate from the fridge, we have an ice maker, um, which like, did you hear that? I'll try to leave that in. It kind of like just dumps some ice. But I don't know if this is the new thing that, it's not a new thing for dads to do, right? Like they used to like have barbecues and wear chunky Reeboks or whatever. I mean, they still do that, but I think this is the new wave of dad tomfoolery in the dad sector is getting an ice maker just that's, that's a standalone machine. Because for years, my dad was like, would always be like, oh, why doesn't no one fill up the ice trays? And I was like, literally no one uses the ice except for you. So, like, we're just jumping into this. So this is um, opinions you can hate me for. No, I'm kidding. But, like... I, there's some opinions that I have that I just will not stand up for, and I understand that they're, like, not great. And one of those is that, like, I drink a lot of things, like, relatively lukewarm. So, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna back it up, it's just, like, how I feel. So, like, I don't use a lot of ice. And now we have this whole machine of it that disturbs the silence of an empty house and fills it with the humming of mechanized freezing anyways yeah so if you hear humming in the background sorry about that but the ice machine wave is taking over the dad culture world um besides that i've just been working i work at a cafe and i work i watch two boys after school and they're wonderful today i don't have to work it's pretty great um i haven't had a day off in a while so it's nice to just not do nothing i have a lot of things i need to do but I've been running around for like quite a few amount of days, <laughs> several days, um, approaching weeks at this point, and I'm just very tired. Um, I just had a nice iced coffee with oat milk. I know it's late November, but I really, like I said, I already have a temperature drink inconsistency. I will not be elaborating on it further. And um, a bagel with vegan cream cheese that... I got from Trader Joe's. So, so Trader Joe's recently opened where I live, or like near where I live. And I'm not gonna lie, I like, I think Trader Joe's is like a fake store. Like, <laughs> for like things like Target, I kind of get the hype because it kind of like has everything together. It's kind of like, you never know what you're gonna find at Target. They have the little section in the front with a bunch of like gizmos and gadgets and stuff that like changes it's kind of exciting they have the starbucks inside most of the time they just have a little variety you can get a snack you can get a shirt it's kind of fun right like trader joe's is like you go in there expecting food it's kind it's kind of like if you like went into a store and you thought they're gonna sell clothes but like they only sold like accessories like you're not you can't put together an outfit on like accessories alone and like that's how I feel when I'm in Trader Joe's <laughs> like anyways I digress so I don't hate Trader Joe's but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I like stan stan it they do have 
um, a couple things that I'm obsessed with. So follow me on Instagram at Julia E. Amadeo. I sometimes do Does It Slap? And two things I will say that Trader Joe's does have that make the Does It Slap yes list is the vegan pesto and the vegan cream cheese. And here's the thing about vegan cheese is that, okay, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, Welcome. Welcome back to what I cried about. This is not a normal episode, clearly, but I just thought I'd get on chat with you guys and have a little fun. So um, I'm just glad you're here and I hope you're, I hope you're having a great day. But back to, back to what I was saying about vegan cream cheese. Vegan cheese in general, it needs to stay in its lane. And what I mean by that is like vegan cheese, cheese, I'm using air quotes on cheese. Like if you think that vegan cheese is going to be just like milk cheese, like you're going to be sorely disappointed. And I think, first of all, a lot of people need to lower their expectations (laughs) for now. I think there's some places that make really, really good cheese-like things. Um, For example, like the Mayoko's brand makes like a mozzarella, like round, not like a normal mozzarella log, but it's kind of like flatter, like a disc. That's pretty interesting and like creamy. It's pretty good. But it's still not mozzarella, obviously, right? But also, I think people need to set their expectations lower for vegan vegan cheese. And two, most of the things that have an excess amount of cheese on them do not require that to achieve the flavor that is what you like about eating it. I've thought a lot about this, clearly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so I just had my bagel. I got coffee. And I need to do... I'm taking a German class, so I'm going to do that today. It's kind of, it's like self-paced over like 12 to 16 weeks. So it's like a normal semester class, but it's not for credit or anything. So it's much less expensive, which is wonderful. And the point of today's episode is to talk about growth. And I know I don't have a guest today, but I've just been sitting here thinking a lot about it. Uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. It has been at the forefront of my mind. For especially the last few months. I graduated college in May. And so I'm now 22. And I live at home. And I work not full time. As I try to figure out other things. Everyone has reasons. I do have to go to grad school again. I say again. What? I've never been to grad school before. Uh, I do plan on going to grad school. And so that's kind of causing me to be in an in-between at the moment. Um, Which, by the way, if you're thinking about going to grad school, just try to apply the next cycle because so many schools are waiving the GRE requirement. Unless you think that would help you, but if you want to save the time and money on it, like, so many schools aren't even looking for it for the next, for the entirety of the 2022 application cycle. So that's my plan, is to just throw some applications out there, maybe some that, like, I wouldn't think to do normally, but... Well, it saves the time and money. I think that's a good idea if anyone's considering it. Because you can, you can for the most part, postpone your admission to most schools. Like, you can get um, admitted in the spring. And you can, like, say, oh, I'm going to come next year. You know? Like, you don't have to always go for the term that you're admitted for. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. But basically, it puts me in this position where I'm in between in like finances, um, socially. My friends from high school, my best friends still live in my hometown, which I'm so thankful for. 
and they're just like literally like they're amazing like everyone you know is always like all my best friends are the best people I know but like I literally don't know where like for whatever reason I have the friends that I have is like just it just constantly blows my mind um my friends from college they live uh in New York City for the most part or around there and I live more upstate so it's kind of it's just hard I can't really go and do the things that they do with work and everything um which is unfortunate oh there's someone outside my parents are redoing our pool so there's always people outside but like I was saying so I'm kind of like stuck in that way I can only go down there every once in a while why am I why is voice like that hold on all right, that feels a little better. But, yeah, so, and I had, like, a different job earlier that was not paying me enough. Um, and, but it was the only thing I could get at that time. It's just, like, a weird world to be in when you have kind of a few options. And, or, like, a few pathways, and none of them are, like, accessible yet. Like, I kind of have to, like, wait to see which of them I can do, which is not really anything, you know, it's not, like, my decision necessarily, because if it was up to me, I would, like, start now, but it's also, like, extremely frustrating when the people around you don't support or even attempt to understand what your line of thinking is before giving their opinion on it. As you can tell from the title of this episode, probably and you know what I've been talking about I'll just take a I'm gonna take a sidebar for a minute so uh red Taylor's version came out in the last week or so two weeks maybe and a lot of people I know have been talking about the song nothing new that features Phoebe Bridgers I had never heard that like I never really listened to red before now I still really haven't listened to the whole thing all the way but so First of all, I'll do my digression on on Taylor Swift. So, Taylor Swift is, like, obviously... Like, she's, like, the industry standard for pop music. Um, She has changed, like, the landscape in so many ways. She has so many fans and obviously is very talented. I was never really a Swifty. I... And Taylor Swift specifically, I was definitely, like, a pick-me. I was like, I don't like pop music when I was in, like, middle school, right? Since I've gotten over that or whatever, her music isn't made for me necessarily, I would say, but I have a huge amount of respect for her and like how much she's been through, especially like with the media and just all the work that she puts into what she makes. And you can clearly tell that she's like, she like dedicates herself to this. So it's been very interesting to watch like Jack Antonoff work with her and Lord and like what his his world is and just watching her re-release her albums is really I'm really happy for her but I have I've never really been I wouldn't say I'm a Swifty I have like 12 songs that I really like the rest of them not for me and that's fine so um one of my friends was like listen to listen to nothing new Phoebe Bridgers because I'm I'm not I'm not so much either of a Phoebe Bridgers fan but I like her record label who they have on their label, who was like Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker. Um, and the three of them, Lucy, Julian, and Phoebe make up Boy Genius. They did a little band collab, so it was cool. Anyway, so Phoebe Bridgers, like like I said, 
two artists that I don't really find myself listening to just that often. That's fine. But um, I listened to Nothing New by Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers. And basically what this episode is about is, is, is inspired by the line, how can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22? Uh, that I've seen a lot of people like tweet about or whatever. So I feel like there's a few ways you can take that. And there's one way that I've taken it specifically, you know, that asks the question, how, how can that be? And I've been thinking about what they mean by that. Because Taylor is not the only artist to comment on that ever. I won't be able to pick any examples out of my brain, but it's, it's a pretty common thing for people to say like, oh, you think you have it all, right? When you're younger and then you find yourself, if you go to college, you find yourself done with college, you find yourself back home, and it's just a very strange experience to um, not only go through what it takes to go through your late teens, but also to watch it happen. So there's like a few things that I've been thinking about when it comes to this. And I'll start with my initial thoughts on it, right? So what that line makes me think about is when you're 18, you have all of these ideas about the world that have been um, in a gentle way handed and in a less gentle way force fed to you, right? Like there are certain things that you know and believe that are not yours. Experiences that um, you might remember wrong. Experiences that you never really registered or got to cope with um, before and they're just kind of stored away waiting to be handled. And so what happens is when you start to leave your your the boundaries of where you've always been, when you change environments, whether it's physically or whether it's you start a new job, you start a trade, you go to school, like whatever it is, some of and probably a lot of the things that you have been taught, you start to find the holes in them and they start to fall apart. And so depending on how fast that happens, where it comes from, you know, what ideas particularly get challenged and even destroyed first it can be really hard to deal with like if you're if the opinion that's being challenged is like that I don't know I'm so bad at gonna have examples <laughs> like like okay so like for me right like if my opinion at the time was oh like Taylor Swift isn't good and then I start learning about like how that comes from my ego and like a desire to seem cool or different right like different ideas can contribute to me changing my mind about how i feel about taylor swift but um it doesn't always go in order of complexity and like importance and so if you leave your home and you meet people who live very differently than you or just starkly the way they think is starkly contrasted to the one that you've experienced like it is going to be confusing at the least and your instinct is probably going to be to defend what you're used to because that's just how our brains work right like and that's not to say like it's not possible to like change how you think but if you have something that you believe and you've held on to for years and someone comes at you abruptly not even on purpose you just meet you know, that your idea is met with 
an idea that's different, it might be extremely uncomfortable to try and consider that you are wrong or that you can both be right. I think a lot of times like people are like, oh, I'm not, if I'm not right, then I'm wrong and I don't want to be wrong. But the thing is, in a lot of cases, more than one thing can be correct. More than one thing can be possible. Like it's not, things are not black and white. Like you, you don't have, you can't, sometimes you have a conversation or a, an argument and nobody wins. Like you could, it's possible that both people in the argument are wrong. It's possible that they're both right, you know? Like you have to be willing to set aside what, how you attach your feelings and beliefs to your own personal self and look past that to see what is actually going on. All of this is meant to say that like when you're 18, for the most part, a lot of people start going through the process of unlearning things that you spend your whole entire life experiencing, right? And it's like four years from 18 to 22, four years versus four over 22, right? Is not that many. It's not a large percentage. It's maybe almost 20% of your lifetime. And so it's going to feel very strange to take all these things that you thought you knew, that you strongly believed, and to learn that they're wrong or that they're different or even that they're not the way you thought they were. It's a lot to handle along with the other things that are going on in our lives, like studying or making new friends. And these all go hand in hand, right? They like aid each other in happening, but it's, it feels, sometimes it feels like you're going backwards, but I can promise that you're not. It's like the, the, the word unlearning sounds like, oh, well, I learned something and now I'm unlearning it, so I know nothing, right? That's kind of what that line of the song seemed to be going for for me. And like unlearning is another step forward in a lot, a lot of ways. I think, so the second part of that is not only do we come off of the high of being 18, even if we weren't having a good time, like this is... This is not, I'm not trying to glorify being a teenager because for me, college was not a good time. And a lot of people don't like when I say that. It seems like, like, they're like, oh, college is the best. And it's like, I don't know how to tell older people this, but like college is not like what it was for them now. And it's like, if like, stop, when you stop like putting pressure on college to be like the best time ever, like I kind of get why it was really great like that like certain things about it really great like you live near your friends you can walk a lot of places like things are oriented to help you um you get to learn things you care about right no like even though the stressors add complications to that like those are positives and i could spend a whole other day talking about like how those are attributes that we could have in post you know normal society communities like we could build communities around those ideals the way we build colleges um but we don't but i want to talk about that now so overwhelmingly people are miserable in college it's not it's not the out of the ordinary thing to be even if you like your school i liked my school people have a bad time (laughs) and this might be indirect but this brings me to the second part of like thinking about how you know, everything at 18 and nothing at 22 is like, we live in the world where it's, you, you have to watch it happen. So it's not even, it's, it's one thing, it's enough to experience the deconstruction of your identity and the de, the revolution of, you know, your principles as a person and your values and things like that. It feels heavy enough 
to, to go through. But at the same time, if you've been anywhere between 18 and 22 in the last 10 years, you've had, like, the, the strange, like, I don't know if it's opportunity is the right word because opportunity to me seems it's too optimistic for what I'm talking about. Um, but you're able to watch it happen to yourself. I have Snapchat memories from like five and six years out at this point. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I was so young. I was so, I just had no idea. And like, it's not that I had no idea because it's not like saying like when you're 18 that you're stupid or whatever, but there are a lot of things you left to learn that's your whole life is a life experiencing life well means you're going to continue to learn at every age but the fact that I can watch a play-by-play year by year of myself growing up and have all these all this documentation and just like visual like access to like videos and my stuff from it's so strange it's so strange And so in the past, like, you could look at old pictures, whatever, right? And you could be like, wow, I missed that time. But in a lot of ways, you can, like, pseudo-relive that time. Like, it's not, it's not exact, it's not entirely gone. It doesn't feel like it's entirely gone. You can, you can watch it. And you can watch yourself make the decisions you made over and over again, even though you can't do anything about it now. Um, And I just think that's, it's just really interesting to consider that because even the like an average person who isn't online like I I would say that I'm a pretty online person not everyone is like that even though like the average Instagram you know you know like average people on Instagram I would say not average but like typical people on Instagram post pretty often like Instagram's a big contributor to like teenage depression and things like that and I, I think I'm on a different side of Instagram like the side of Instagram that I'm on now is vastly different from the side that I was on when I was when Instagram kind of like first came out and it was just like people I knew and people in the local area so it's very interesting to see how like I forget that other people don't get the side of Instagram that I do which I really really like um and it's not to say it doesn't bring any feelings of like you know not contempt or like jealousy things like that that like come from myself internally about other content creators like things that other people do but not only are you able to watch yourself go through this but you kind of you you can see other people do it too you can actually legitimately see other people's life go through stages of change without seeing the details of how it happens which i know is just like your brain as much as you logically know that that's something that like a brain is not gonna be able to decipher out you know it takes practice to say like oh like this person only shares part of their life online right you see every single second of your own day and you can go back and watch it but you also can watch other people's lives develop just by opening your phone it is something that I think about a lot as someone who likes to make things. The other the other part of it is that, you know, the main the premise of the song is that they're worried that their worthiness for the attention that they're receiving will run out, which is an extremely normal feeling. It's an extremely logical feeling that comes from, you know, attachment patterns. But the way I think about it, especially when it comes to relationships, is that It's not to say that you don't have to put in effort to maintain relationships that you care about, but there's a difference between putting in effort and expending 
valuable energy to maintain a relationship that does not benefit you in return. And I don't mean monetarily. I don't mean they give you gifts or whatever. But relationships should be about balance and mutual beneficence. Like the outcome of your your relationship should be like greater than the sum, right? Like, right. And you have to be honest with yourself. Am I putting an effort here? Or am I being asked to exploit myself? Am I being asked to extend beyond who I am? And what I want in order to make this work. And it sucks, but it's okay if the answer to that question is, oh yeah, I am being asked too much of. That's where setting boundaries comes in. That's where reevaluating <laughs> what? Reevaluating the terms of the relationship comes in. I'll say this a thousand times over. Setting boundaries, if people are getting comfortable with you setting boundaries with them, you know. They are going to be uncomfortable, probably. But if someone's getting upset that you're trying to set a boundary with them, that is unhealthy. Because what boundaries do, when communicated clearly and when based in a measurable standard, right? They have to be concrete enough for you both to understand what's going on. Like You can't just say, like, oh, I just... You can't keep making me feel bad, right? That's not a boundary. A boundary is... It makes me uncomfortable when you perform this action, and so please stop doing it, or I'm not going to be involved with you anymore. Right? You can't just say, like, oh, stop making me upset. That's not that's not a boundary. But if it's communicated and clear, and that person doesn't want to do that, like, it's they don't understand that you are trying to preserve the relationship by setting up that stipulation. And that's not something that you need to feel bad for, because you do not deserve to be taken advantage of. And people who take advantage of other people are always going to be upset when you stop letting that happen. And so it's going to feel weird and bad. I promise. It's going to feel gross. You're going to be like, oh my God, is it my fault? Whatever. Um, Sometimes things are your fault. Yeah. Sometimes things are my fault. (laughs) But like communicating and setting up a healthy and clear boundary. if If you do that and someone gets mad at you, it's not your fault. It's not your problem. And that's what I was saying in the beginning. It's so, for me, it's very clear cut. Like if... I say this about, like, cheating, right? Like, if someone cheats on me, I think that is, like, one of the easiest... It's not that it's easy, it's that it's simple, right? There's a difference between being easy and simple. I think it's a simple decision to say, okay, we agree that this would never happen and you change your mind. So, that's the end of that. Like, what I'm trying to say is, you do not have to constantly perform and do more and be more than you are for people to love and appreciate you. And the whole premise of, oh, will you love me? Will you want me when I'm nothing new? It, it like hurts to think about so that some people feel that way because I just know that people will love you for who you are. And that means without performance, without overextension. You don't need to be more than who you are. And that does not make you old and stale. It doesn't make you nothing new. Every day that you get up and you are in alignment with your beliefs and your values, you get better at being who you are. That's not that's not getting, you know, that's not getting old, that's not expiring. That's becoming a more polished and pure version of yourself and who you're meant to be. And if someone is requiring you to be something new all the time in order to provide you with the attention that you want, or even it might not even be what you want, provide you with subpar attention, any attention at all, 
that person is not good for you. And I, I, I know it will hurt to think about. I know it will be sad, right? But I don't care. That's the truth. And you do not have to deal with it. The right people will not make you feel like one day that you will be nothing new. All right? So I've just sat here for 45 minutes, right? Chatting your ear off. I want to, first of all, thank you for making it this far. Um, I still stretch there. I want to second of all say that uh, to, you know, if you like this, please let me know. Um, I can try to do more solo episodes while logistics are complicated still. Um, if you really like it, my Patreon is patreon.com slash what I cried about. And we do a book club there and other stuff. You can get the, the podcast bonus episodes, um, things like that. And you can also leave a five-star review on Apple. That would mean so much. But the important part of this is that I, I just want you to know that you can, this is going to be on the internet. You can listen to it as many times as you want until you, <laughs> until it hits you, you know? If you need to hear something over and over again, fine. If you want to hear me talk about something on the podcast, you know, send me a DM on Instagram, email me, whaticriedaboutgmail.com. So what I cried about this week was growing up. Uh, being 22, letting go of other people's expectations of me. We cried about Taylor Swift's red Taylor's version. We cried about understanding that life is not meant to be performed, it is meant to be lived. And we cried about it getting cold and dark early. I know I said it, but I think I think that's something all of us have cried about recently. So wherever you are, I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so, so much for being here with me. Yeah, love you. I'll see you again soon. Bye.